0: Hi, welcome back to Mandyland. I want to thank all of the wonderful listeners out there for your loyalty and the insights that you share with me in other ways. Keep doing that by emailing or texting or tweeting or private messaging me or however you have been doing that, whatever works best for you. I always love to hear thoughts and reactions and insights from people or comments or concerns or whatever, but it's great to hear from from you. So thank you again for listening, thank you for being here, and welcome to the very next episode. So you clicked on this episode, which makes me wonder why you did that. Is it because you're bisexual or maybe you're bi-curious or maybe you just like to hear Mandy Lynn episodes and learn more about some topic or maybe some other reason? I don't know. Um, I would be curious to know and feel free to let me know but it actually doesn't matter why you clicked. I want to thank you for clicking because it was recently Bisexuality Awareness Day and I wish I got this up for that, but it's okay. We can become aware of bisexuality on other days, uh, even if it's not the day devoted to that particular issue that's needing awareness. So this episode here is actually... Uh, with Vanessa Vela, who has been a contributor to the Mandyland podcast in a few different ways. And she is also a micro-degree student with the Center for Applied Neuroscience, which is my company. So she's doing her micro-degree, uh, micro-masters micro in psychological neuroscience. And um, one of the uh, the seminar topic for this past month was sex and gender, and she chose to do bisexuality, uh, so she, so all the students have a month to research their topic, and then they come back and present it to the rest of the class, and there is a class of four students plus me. So in this episode, you'll be listening to Vanessa present her the research that she found on uh, bisexuality to the other students and me, so the other voices that you hear are those people and I think it's really great uh I really am excited to share this because her presentation actually really impacted me and actually uh her co- my conversations with Vanessa have been uh, quite important for me over the past year or so as I've been kind of struggling with my role within the LGBTQ community um, Particularly in terms of whether I am an ally or whether I'm a member of that community with regards to how I self-identify. And so I uh, only recently have been able, like, I'm in the process of fully acknowledging that I am bisexual. I feel like I can say that quite confidently now. Uh, I did come out. I guess it's been been challenging for me to say that. And the reasons for that are very well explained in Vanessa's presentation when you look at the research, uh, which includes bisexual erasure. So uh, bisexuality being kind of a hidden sexuality. Because what happens often is that people who are bisexual and in monogamous relationships are Seen as gay if they're in same-sex relationships, and seen as straight if they're in heterosexual relationships. And as someone who participates in monogamous relationships myself, I am currently married to a cis m- man, and uh, so most of the time I, I appear to be heterosexual. And for a while I've just sort of accepted that and you know I've kind of every once in a while like bring up the fact that I have been with a woman in the past and you know but never really claimed that identity of bisexual. Um, I, I was with a woman in the past um, so in some ways I, I kind of came out in 2005 when I started dating her and then we subsequently lived together and we were together for over two years. So it was a very significant romantic relationship that we were in. And at that time, like my, you know, I don't even consider it a coming out story because I never identified as being gay. So I never like came out and had to tell all my friends and family that I'm all of a sudden going to be in relationships with women. I did come out and say that I was in a relationship with the woman I was with. But I never really, like, acknowledged what that actually meant. And some of the people around me would be quite forceful and aggressively trying to say, trying to force me to say that I was gay. And I kept saying, like, it's the person. It doesn't really matter. And that was true and definitely feels true for me now because I still think that I'm attracted to both men and women. At the time, that also becomes problematic not only for the straight people, some straight people who want to put you into a box, but also the gay people who want to know, are you with me or are you the other? And so I did get a, a lot of flack from people who identify as gay because I wasn't able to say that I was gay. And so sometimes that appears to be homophobic that I can't you know accept that that's part of who I am. Um, when you know, in so it's kind of been. 14 years of trying to come to a place where I can, you know, confidently say I feel like I'm bisexual or polysexual, which is a term that you'll learn if you continue listening to Vanessa's presentation. So I didn't have this, like, you know, really crazy, hard coming out story because I was just in a relationship with a woman. It didn't feel like I changed identities. I just was was doing that. And then when we broke up, I ended up being in a relationship with a man, and that's now someone who I, well, there was one person in between, but the person who was right after that uh, is a person who I ended up marrying. And so for the last decade, it kind of appears as if I'm heterosexual. And that has been a bit challenging for me because it feels like I'm ignoring part of my identity. So, you know, I, I, I say all this um. because bi- I think bisexuality has different concerns than people who are homosexual uh, I mean everyone has a very different experience but I think one of the, the things that sounds to be most difficult for bisexuality for people who are bisexual is the acknowledgement that bisexuality is very real um, and also that you know, you kind of have the ability to to hide under a different umbrella if you if you need to, or depending on your circumstances, and and that just poses different benefits and challenges to people who are bisexual. It was so one thing I want to just mention about uh, the impact that Vanessa's presentation had on me. Uh, one, it was just like making me realize that wow, I, this this is me. Like all these things that she's talking about feel like the stuff that I do experience and I thought that it was just me and it made me question whether it was real and you know why does it matter just like you know who cares it's you're you're living heterosexually what does it matter but it does matter when it's part of your identity and the other thing that it made me think about was uh, an experience my first sexual experience that I'm now considering a sexual experience and probably my first Romantic relationship potentially, I don't know, it's hard for me to think back. Was when I was in grade six, and it was uh, an experience that I had with a friend who I had regular sleepovers with. And um, you know, in some ways, it was my first sexual relationship, and I always just thought of that as kids experimenting. But now that I've reflected more on it and also heard other people with bisexual who claim to identify as bisexual, they've had those experiences too that they just thought were you know part of the regular thing. Um, but now I'm thinking, you know what? I kind of have had you know two sexual relationships with women um. And I just didn't really think of that as being an early precursor to my later identity as bisexual. Not that it matters whether I had that or not, because one of the things that you'll learn in the presentation by Vanessa is that it it may not matter, it should not matter, whether someone has had any sexual or romantic relationships with both sexes to be able to consider themselves or identify as bisexual. Uh, There's a lot of reasons why people may not have had those experiences but could still feel bisexual and identify as bisexual. So anyway, there's a lot of information in that presentation. Uh, Vanessa shares a lot. She's done some good research, some good thinking around it. She also talks really, really fast. So you might want to slow it down to like half speed or 0.75 speed if you have that capability on your podcast listening app, Uh, I don't know if you can do that if you're listening right from the mandyland.ca website, but uh, uh, anyway, see if you can play with that, so here we go, I will let you now listen to Vanessa, and I want to thank you again for clicking, whether it's because you have any thoughts that you might be bisexual, or because you want to learn more about bisexuality as an ally. All of these are great. Um, we're very thankful in this world for anyone who wants to to learn more, I think, and develop more awareness around things that are issues for some people. So, so enjoy, and if anything comes up that you want to share with me at the end, please do. Okay, enjoy.
1: <laughs> and is often frustrated with by which is something she experiences as a result of being pair-bonded with a male This <laughs> That's what's really nice. No. No. for everyone. So um, a lot of people... We're for them, come from that, yeah. it's, that. Yeah. it's like, so it's under the umbrella of asexuality. So it's like people who typically in their day-to-day life wouldn't necessarily experience a lot of sexual arousal mm-hmm. until they have okay. a person with whom they feel a connection. So I think like in the uh-huh. context of dating, the the people use it to basically say, I'm not just yeah, like in order for us to have sex, mm-hmm. some like time needs to be yeah. Yes. Oh, and then title. Oh. That's interesting. I limited myself to words here. Yeah. Um, although one of my favorite quotes from Dan Savage is that the uh, the career community is taking off with the entire alphabet one letter at a time. <laughs> <laughs> like, as, as the acronym gets longer. Yeah. And That's that exactly. yeah and, uh, exactly. He wasn't like complaining. He's no, he, like yeah. the, actual, the actual day agenda is like we're stealing your alphabet. <laughs> but like only one letter at a time. Right. Yeah.
0: Because this right. is the same. So with, Sexuality, we had homosexuality, Is it, or sorry, heterosexuality. It's just like just yes. having males. And then we went all the way over here and say, Oh wow, there's a
1: homosexuality yeah. and there's female. Yeah. And now we get to fill in yeah. the alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so let's keep flipping those up here because we're gonna try and hang out. So meet pansexuality, the woke version of bisexuality, and polysexuality, so Pan- pansexuality, the woke version.
0: And the mother and everybody who's gay came up to everybody and they were after dinner. He never technically came up to his mom and she was kind of upset by it, totally fine with everything. And then he sat there and his explanation, the character's explanation, was brilliant. It was like, well, you don't have heterosexual people when there's kids say, Mom, Dad, I'm heterosexual and there's a big party or there's, you know, whatever. And it was just a very interesting sort of thing along with your saying of like the explanation and then this. so mm-hmm. in addition, ask people what are your gender pronouns or what's your gender identity. Like maybe we're
1: going to end up in a world where we're like, are you straight? And people actually yeah. ask assuming mm-hmm. yeah. it. So um, I want to talk briefly about the Kinsey scale because it was the old time yes non binary <laughs> categorization <laughs> example I can find. Um, and if you're not familiar with the Kinsey scale, it goes. Oh my god, I just wrote something. Right it goes from zero to six, and zero is exclusively heterosexual, which I love that it's the zero. It's like, and then six is exclusively homosexual people who rank between two and four are considered bisexual. Um, so, and I found one study that had examples of, of now tiny Kinsey scores. Um, 0.4 was the average for heterosexual men, Five point seven was the average for homosexual men, and 3.2 is the average for bisexual men, and so what I really love about these averages is it's not that zero is the average, right. or six is the average, right? right? Yeah, so, so even within right. these right. population, that's right. variation, uh, and I took it in my score
0: Then. No, no, I'm not saying it. No, 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 I'm not you. Sorry, it's, it's, not penis. Penis. It's, not it's not penis and vagina sex. So it's not oh, sex oh, I say heterosexual men. Because there's no sex. other penis right. involved.
1: Right, okay. Uh-huh. A lot of people call on the Dan Savage's podcast, and they're like, um, I'm not having penetrative sex with my partner anymore, and it's a problem, and he's like, why? Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, yeah. this gold standard of, like, this is what it all leads to, is this. Right. So lesbians are not considered a threat to heterosexual men, because it can't lead to that. So, another myth is bisexual people are promiscuous, can't be monogamous, of or are more likely to have STIs. So, um, wow. yeah, one study found that bisexual people recognize the stereotype of hypersexuality and actually modify their behavior in order to not be perceived as hypersexual um, in a negative way. And another study found that 75% of the participants declared that they did not want to date bisexual people. So, it's interesting, really? when we get more into gender, it's like, is it desirable, is not desirable? Anyway, there was a belief through the was new, that bisexual men were primarily responsible for spreading AIDS to straight women. And people forgot about interviewing drug use. Like <laughs> I Heroin. It. Um, so another is that only women are bisexual and bisexual men. Much more about this later. Um, people can't be bisexual degree of majority Uh, This is one of my favorites that 25% of the porn that straight men watched on one website is gay porn. And then in in brackets the author wrote, your porn history doesn't lie. Um, And actually a lot of lesbian women also like to watch porn. No way, in my opinion, that we can have all these bisexual women and like not have bisexual men. It just doesn't. And from what we understand about gender and how it's like yeah, fucking made up, it doesn't seem likely, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things about women that I wanted to talk about was this. Um, some studies indicate that public bisexual behaviors among girls are on the rise, especially in festival contexts at Coachella um, <laughs> in particular, um, but does not extend to males. and we have Katy Perry too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well no, even before that though. Like, yeah. Um, but there's an pressure on women to perform bisexuality generally to accommodate heterosexual men's sexual fantasies in public yeah. or for younger women, and then for older women to perform bisexuality in private, such as in a threesome or with mm-hmm. a male partner. And one of the things I've noticed on dating apps is a lot of couples that are looking for a threesome on dating apps, the woman's sexual orientation will be listed as bisexual, and what gets them to
0: Thank you again, Vanessa, for your wonderful presentation on bisexuality and for all of your continued work on spreading awareness about all things related to gender, LGBTQ, polyamorous relationships, and so much more. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And bye to everybody else. Thank you for listening. Oh my God, wait, did I just say... Bye to everyone else. I actually meant goodbye to everybody else, but maybe I did mean bye to everyone else. You decide. Bye.